What do Babe Ruth, Al Capone, Tony Bennett, and Bubba Watson have in common? They all played right here in Hot Springs, Arkansas. Enjoy the rich history of America's first resort in the Gangster Museum of America and experience the hattery. Hot Springs' oldest name in hats, 501-318-1717. The hattery, open seven days a week, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Don't forget, if you can't find a hat in here, you need your head examined. Hello, and welcome to the Gangster Museum of America, After Dark. And now, the founder and director of the Gangster Museum of America, author and screenwriter, Robert Rains. Thank again, Steve. I think tonight is going to turn out to be one of my favorite shows because we're going to revisit an interview I did with Ralph Porter Jr. and Nate Robinson outside the National Baptist Hotel on Malvern Avenue. Ralph and Nate became very, very good friends of mine and filled me in a lot of history that really very few people knew about because it was the experience of black life here in Hot Springs on Central Avenue and Malvern Avenue also known as Black Broadway. So when Steve and I were talking about what we were going to do this week, my mind floated back to those days when Ralph and Nate and I were really in the moment and talking about how vibrant Hot Springs was. So this podcast is entitled Those Were the Days, and I think you'll tell from this interview that at least the three of us at that point in time really thought those were the days. Roll tape, Steve. Man, Ralph, this building has got some history, doesn't it? This building here, I've seen B.B. King here. I saw uh, Duke Ellington played upstairs. I've seen Jonah Jones was here. Um, Celebrities like Sugar Ray Robinson came down for the baths, Joe Lewis. Uh, Campanella and uh, Don Newcomb used to come out to the old Langston High School and present trophies and those kind of things. Uh, it was a fabulous place. Um, people would come from all, especially during the racing season. You would get uh, uh, the African-American elite here. They would come from New York City, from Harlem. They would come from uh, 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 Los Angeles. And they would actually set up the suites to do gambling. They would come down to play cards and what have you. They'd go to the racetrack and what have you. And Finest Newborn, I don't know if you heard of him, he was one of the top jazz musicians of our time. Him and his father had uh, right there an atmosphere. They played in the atmosphere during the racing season. Well, your father had some jazz history of his own, didn't he? Yeah, my father, Ralph Porter, he played here. My father played with Count Basie. The, the thing, one o'clock jump, jumped off in Little Rock. 
and because they had to close the clubs down because they raided in one o'clock jump. And they were playing at old, uh, on 9th Street at old, um, what did he say, old skating rink in there. And then they fired, they fired uh, Count Basie or something for some reason. And they asked my father, could you get a group of people together in another hour so, so we could continue? So he was able to do that. Also, there's a lot of stories. They used to travel, and they might have to go to Fort Smith, they used to travel, and they had this old Model T Ford and whatever, didn't have any heat. So on the way back, they would heat bricks and wrap them in newspapers and put them around them so they would stay warm. And they paid their dues, you know? You know, Nate, you and I and Ralph have been accused of uh, coming out with a little style every once in a while. I bet it was, uh, I bet it was some cool dress back then. You didn't see anyone out here at night or even in the daytime that was not dressed, elegantly dressed. You know, it was, a, it was an era where uh, even as late in the 50s when I was a child, uh, we didn't come up on the on avenue unless we were dressed. You had to be suit, tie, coat. That was the way it was. Hot Springs was something else. It had the number one clothing store in the country called Clyde's, and it was in the back. If you get an old gentleman's quarterly in the back, they used to rate all of the top men's stores. Clyde's, Hot Springs, Arkansas, Neiman Marcus, Dallas, Texas. Mm -hmm. And that's right, and you're talking about some fabulous stuff. They had Oxford suits, you know. You, they had vacunas. I never heard of that. That was a skin that cost about $700 a sport coat at that time. So, you know, but the big boys, you know. And then there was Jack McJunkins, and he was good to all of the athletes, because everybody used to come to the Langston football games called Bobby Mitchell, who is now in the Hall of Fame to play with the Cleveland Brown Washington Redskins. They would come see him, and we'd win all the games, and after the games, Jack McJunkins would give you a little $5 to have fun. So. Well, Central Avenue and Malvern Avenue, of course, run into each other, but you really didn't have to go down to Central Avenue for anything, did you? You know, on Malvern Avenue, you had everything here that you had on any main street in America. We had doctors, lawyers, we had drugstores, we had the, of course, we had our hotels, our bathhouses, and we had our nightclubs. Uh, most famously, well, you had the Cameo Club here, we had the Atmosphere Club here, and it was wide open gambling. Sometimes the games went on for days and days. The police, well, didn't nobody bother you that much because everyone got their cut. It was a different time, it was a different era, you know, and everyone was making money. Everything was right here, what you needed. Right on this corner here, there was a drugstore called Dr. Torrance, and he was a pharmacist. And you could go in here and get your medicine, what have you. And he even made medicine. He would take certain liniments and what have you, say take Epsom salts and uh, wintergreen and a whole lot of stuff, shake it up until you go rub that on your knee and what have you. If you got authorized, you'd be feeling good. And it worked, because I had some. And uh, right there was the Cameo Club across the street. That's where the bookie, where they had, in the back they had the bookies and the crap tables and what have you. But the club was up front, then upstairs they would have their dance coming in, people coming in from all over. And they used to record from the atmosphere. There was a policeman named Papa Meathouse. And he weighed about 300 and some pounds. 
but he, he was a pretty good guy. And uh, he would always, like on his off days, like Saturdays and what have you, in the afternoon, he would be on the radio uh, saying like, uh, this is your man, Papa Meathouse, coming from Malvin Avenue. Now we're gonna play this song by Charlie Parker, you know, and there's a jazz kind of thing. So it was, it was, uh, it was very active. A youngster, I used to try to slip down here, but if you saw the man, you had to move, you know. And uh, then the pool hall, we used to go in the pool hall. They say a good pool shooter has an ill-spent youth. <laughs> you know, you shot pool instead of going to school. So, you know, with all the, with all the music, with all of the gambling and all, it's ironic. One of the largest evangelists in this country. That's right. Started right here. That's right. <laughs> Rex Humbard and his first temple was about uh, 50 feet this side of that building. Uh, right over that hump, right, hump, right to that tree, just the other side of that tree. And it went all the way back to the, to the, to the other street back there. But this is where he started his evangelical career, right here. That's right. I've talked to his, what, nephew, grandson, son. They've all been back here to see where it all started from. So we got the Medical Arts Building down across from the Arlington. But there was quite a bit of, there was even some medical history that went down over here in this neighborhood, wasn't there? And that red building that you see there, that was Dr. Jones, Edith Jones. She Edith was the Jones. first black uh, person to go to a medical school in the South. And Dr. Edith Irby Jones, she was my doctor, and that's what that building, that she erected that building for her office there. So I guess she practiced over in this National Baptist building because it was an actual hospital, wasn't it? John L. Yeah, Webb was knows. a developer. Uh, he came up early 1900s. They were going strong with John L. Webb took over the uh, Woodman of Union. And he came to Hot Springs and he bought up this property here to build the Woodman of Union building. And this is what they call it, the, the old W.O.W. W. building. And I have a program from 1924, the year the building opened, where the Colored Teachers Union were holding their conventions right here. That's when you had the, the printing concern, you had uh, rooms. Uh, the later addition on the other end, on the next block, was the bathhouse. But in this building also was a hospital. They call it the Good Samaritan Hospital. The uh, Webb Community Center, the building that, the Webb, that houses the Webb Community Center, originally was built to house student nurses. This he could bring young uh, nursing, black nursing students here go to school and work in this hospital. Well, that is incredible history. I got to figure out a way to get some of that in the Gangster Museum. And I bet you money, I will. Now, I can't let you guys leave this neighborhood without telling me at least one Capone story. Nate, I know your family's been here forever and Ralph, yours too but uh, share with me some, uh, a story or two that have been passed down through the generations about the uh, Capone brothers being here. Yeah, my family, 
been in Hot Springs uh, historically since the 20s. I had an uncle who was an entrepreneur and uh, he sold fish and in his joints uh, he also sold bootleg whiskey. And uh, I had no qualms about it because there was, was no shame in his game. That's what he did. He supported my grandmother, his younger sisters and brothers through his, through his business. But one of his customers uh, happened to be a lady who was a maid, housekeeper at the Arlington Hotel. And uh, she happened to have been assigned to Mr. Capone's suite. One day while she was in there cleaning up and uh, there were some gentlemen in there, but uh, she went about her business, emptying ashtrays and dusting and what have you. Uh, she had occasion to step back out into the hall and uh, get something off a cart. And she went in, not to disturb anyone, went through the other door. Immediately upon getting in there, there were about five guns pointing at her, shook her up. By the time they calmed her down, Mr. Capone told us, Naini, don't you ever come in a different door. Whatever door you go out of, come back in that same door from now on. And uh, reached in his pocket and pulled the water bills out and gave her a nice tip. Needless to say, I would imagine, I think that the collection plate was overflowing that next Sunday morning because she was really blessed to be alive to see another Sunday. Dad, my father told me in Al Capone's stories that there's a, in Lonsdale there was a country club. So he was playing that night at the country club. And I guess around 12:30, 1 o'clock, they, you know, they was finishing their set and what have you, getting ready to pack up and go, and then walked this entourage of people, about 10 people. And one fella came over and says, uh, Mr. Capone would like for you to play another hour, hour and a half, and here's $500. So he said, well, no problem. They played and what have you. And uh, they, they gave him another tip, you know, so that's the thing. <laughs> well, that's that. I guess that's what they said when, when it was all over. But how did, how did gambling, as far as you guys know, how, how did that, why did that take so long to shut down? Why did it, it took them so long to bust gambling here, like the Belvedere Country Club, big casino. Well, there was only one highway into town. Yeah. And that was Highway 5. Well, when, uh, when they came out of Little Rock to raid, the phone call beat them. When they left Benton, they knew they were coming. They closed and by down. the time they got to Hot Springs, <laughs> they had packed up, turned the tables over, and run into the Belvedere Country Club. It was people sitting around like dancing. Big, <laughs> big, dinner, big dinner dance. Yeah, right. In the meantime, all the tables and the roulette wheels on trailers and going across the mountain. <laughs> until they left. <laughs> I'm so glad you guys lived through it. Hey, those were the days. No, no regrets. No regrets. Those were two special guys, and they played a large role in the success of the Gangster Museum of America. I'll miss them. They both went to be with the Lord in the last couple of years, but they left behind a legacy, and that's the story of Hot Springs. A special thanks to our producer, Steve Taylor, for putting this program together. We'll see you next time on TGMOA After Dark.